the coach. Chris, have you uh, gotten all your milk and bread and eggs and <laughs> toilet paper? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, um, so have you been to the stores? They've been pretty crowded. No, no, I have not. I haven't checked it out. Um, I yeah. heard some things have changed as far as weather. I mean, well, I heard that we're not really, we're not necessarily going to get the, the ice out here now. Uh, I think it's more. Uh, south, southern Kentucky, uh, southern central Kentucky will be the most mm-hmm. impacted. The, the latest I saw. Right, right. Um, but we're still under that winter watch, though, so we could get something, but I don't think it's going to be as extreme as they first, you know, projected. Um, uh, I am currently, sorry, uh, Chris, I. I don't know if it's our place to to bring this up or not. Um, oh, the Mercer County. Yeah, I'm just now seeing this. Yeah, I was gonna mention that before we get underway here. Uh, you know, just saying that, send our thoughts out to them. It's very tragic. Um, you know, right. Don't know how else to what to say to that, but that that is it's just unfortunate and just sad now- to hear. Hold on, uh, Chris. I may have you do a little research. Uh, make sure you see what I'm seeing. Um, uh, is he currently the coach at uh, Campbellsville Harrodsburg uh, campus as well? Yes, he's one of the assistant coaches. Yes, he's one of the assistants there. Mm-hmm. Good gosh, I can't Did you just imagine. Speak with him? Uh, say that again. Did you just speak with him a few weeks back? I know you were. Um. No, I did not. Um, uh, young man, I'm getting ready to train this spring and summer. Um, is playing for CU Harrodsburg, so I would imagine that there's a um, there's a relationship there between that boy and that coach. So, oh, I'm sure. Uh, Mercer County, they they called off all their basketball games and everything tonight just for you know out of support and for anyone that's maybe grieving from that. Uh, it's awful, unbelievable. So. Very sad to see that. Uh, thoughts and prayers out to that community and to his family. That's just, um, yeah, it's awful. Uh, it's always hard, even though I'm not coaching high school anymore. Guys that have been around the high school scene for a long time, There's even if we haven't played against each other, you know, that's a name that you could always count on seeing. Um, uh, or a coach, uh, you know, a coach you can always count on seeing on, seeing on the sideline year in, year out. And uh, he was one of those guys. Um so, again, I talked about this the other night when I was, you know, we were t- uh, talking about uh, Coach Scroggins at Central. There's a lot of coaches that you don't meet, um, but you admire from afar when you right. look at the look at the program that they build and everything. Um, so I'm definitely one of the psychopaths that would walk up to a coach I've never met and say, Coach, great game, man, or ma'am, whatever. And um, – and uh, them not have a clue who I am. <laughs> so, um, but when when that happens, that means you know you're a good coach when you've got admirers from afar. So, absolutely tragic. Just now seeing that horrible, horrible news. Terrible. Yeah. So, indeed. Uh, did you check out the game <sighs> tonight? No, man. I'm. I'm not. I, I got. I. You know. I think I'd rather watch Kentucky play basketball. Um, <laughs> sound like say this. I. I don't. I would not want anyone in that position on JCPS board or any school board. My uh, 
my only complaint is I wish people would stop comparing JCPS to, you know, the sales or any schools like that because it's it's a totally different animal. Um, and it's just, there there is no comparison. You, you can't compare a district like that towards any private school. Uh, I agree. Um, I agree. We've got different factors uh, going on at, in JCPS in our JCPS school system than we do in the in any private school for sure. Um, you know, decisions aren't changing. People's minds aren't changing. Um, yeah, yeah it, uh, it's good to hear the, the voices though from principals. Uh, you know, they have Rob Folk from Iroquois on there, and they have some elementary principals. So it's just good to hear them. They had the assistant superintendents. It's good to hear the other sides from them and what they're thinking and what their struggles may be. And, right. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like they have a good plan, but is it realistic? Is, is all these plans going to be able to work, you know, in a JCPS school? Uh, I'm sure it will be just as overproduced as any other plan that JCPS has. So I mean, it's just – I wish you the best of luck if you all go back. Because I just think that you're going to be doing much more than teaching, and which I'm sure you have already. But right, right, right. That's not that's not the new, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, not, you know, the days that I just get to teach are the ones where I feel like I'm stealing money. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I feel bad. Like, are you sure? I'm, am I supposed? And there's something I'm supposed to be doing. Am I supposed to have bathroom duty for the night time this year? Uh, <laughs> you know, am I? Uh, isn't there a fight I need to break up? I mean, you just want me to teach? Really? <laughs> okay, well, why don't I? <laughs> so, um, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, I went into Central today to uh, teach from the classroom. I'm trying to start get. I'm going in two days this week, and then next week I'm hoping to go in all four days. Um, and, um, you know, the one concern that I have, I was having a conversation with the assistant principal, um, she was talking about how, you know, they're not going to allow kids to come in the building with, uh, food and drink. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's going to be a battle in itself because these are kids that have been used to for almost a year now have been able to run to the fridge or the pantry and grab food out for the most part. Yes, we have kids. I know we have kids in our district that don't have, can't do that. I, I know, right. you know, but, um, having high schoolers, they also have pretty much most of them have the green light to um, <coughs> to sneeze for sure, bless me. But also, um, you know, they most for the most part they have the green light to walk out their door and go to walk up to Thornton Speedway and get a soda and a, and a bag of chips. And they're not going to have that luxury once they're in the school. And it got me to thinking, like, hold on, if we're if we're not allowing the kids to bring in food and drinks, does that mean the teachers can't bring in a lunch either? Hmm. You know, and so, so I'm sitting here like, well, how's that going to go over? Huh. Um, I mean, another thing they brought up is the student to teacher ratio. Uh, you know, what are you going to do if you you have a classroom, but one classroom doesn't have enough kids, so they can't put a teacher in there because they're virtual. I don't know. It is just a whole mess. They're going to have to, you know, you can't just magically get teachers, especially during a pandemic. Um, so I don't know. I don't know either, man. I wish um, you all the the best of luck if they if they vote to, you know, go to that route of going back in person. Uh, I think it's still a few more weeks till they can vote. Right. Uh, um, let's see how they vote. We don't. You don't know. I don't know. And guess who else doesn't know? The people that you watched on that in that meeting tonight. 
Oh, so, yeah. Um, so that's just the reality of it. Um, yeah, it's just a bunch of what ifs and hopefullys and, you know, just the, mm-hmm. that, that's all it is. Right, right. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. I think the idea is if they know it's going to be a disaster coming back, and I think they'd rather it be a disaster in April and May. Then nobody's going to hold us. We're playing with house money this, this school year, right? Um, we'd rather it be a disaster in April or May than in August. And I think that's factoring into the thinking as well as, hey, let's go back after spring break. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to having reason to get my classroom set up. So Yeah, yeah um, it's a new classroom as well. I mean, you haven't done much. New classroom. Yeah, no, it's going to be weird coming back, going into Central, and it, um, it's going to be like my first, you know, my, I guess it's my first day. I know it, uh, I know we've been doing NTI, but um, this feels like, it'll really feel like my first day on the new job, and it feels like a lot already like three years ago. That I feel like I've been gone from Fairdale now for like two or three years, you know, right. and there's still, there's still all kinds of like, there's still all kinds of uh, thoughts that I haven't processed or, or registered yet in making that change and everything. Um, so I'm, I'm sure one way or another, I'm going to have some kind of rude awakening on the first day at central. Um, you know, I'm sure there will be at least a couple moments where I'm like, Holy crap, I'm not in Fairdale anymore. Um, uh, and there's still a lot of conversations that need to be had too. I mean, it feels like years ago that I've been gone now, but you know, it's only been a year. It's, it's just, it's just that's when you know a lot. A lot of stuff's been going on. Yeah. So, For sure. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So, um, well, uh, looks like uh, our Louisville Cardinals are. I don't know if they're going to play this weekend or not. It's not from the sounds of things. It's like they've got six players. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're out of a head coach. Chris Mack has COVID. Yeah, uh, which I'm not that worried about that. Dino Gaudio is a pretty well-seasoned coach at, at Wake Forest. Um, so I'm not that uh, worried about that situation. I'm just sitting here like, man, if they only have six guys, maybe now's my chance. I can get to live out my dream. <laughs> it played at U- playing basketball for UofL. So um, I probably could have cracked the roster up in those late 90s teams. Get an extra year. Why not? There's a bill that uh, that might give high schoolers an extra a year or so. Let's let's chat about that for a second. That's disaster waiting to happen. Nobody ever when they pass these when they when they come up with these ideas the the teacher factor never crosses their mind. No. You know, and what and what and what you're going to have are players that, you know, the players that are, you know, uh ready to go to college, they've got the grades and everything. They're going to go, right? Now what you have, though, are the kids that don't have the grades to begin with, and so they're just going to sit in a classroom. They're just going to sit in a classroom for a year hoping they can – well, and you'll hear the same thing. Well, I'm, I'm holding out so I can go to UofL, or I'm holding out so I can go to Spalding or, you know, Campbellsville or whatever. And I'm just like, dude, you know, if you no, – for me, if a player – if a senior in high school um, – if a senior in high school, 18 years old, isn't set to go on to play right after graduation, right? Academically, emotionally, you know, all the, you know, all the intangibles there, then they're not going to be ready in a year, you know? So when they're 19, so, I mean, I'm not, um, 
this this does not need to happen. We don't need to have this. It would create a mess. This is borderline, like you saw in the Avengers movies, the blip. You know, where all of a sudden you've got kids kids being in school that aren't supposed to be here, and it's like, you know, you're supposed you graduated last year. Why are you still here? You know. Right. So we see enough. We see enough of those kids in high school basketball games hanging out. So showing up at homecoming dances. Yeah. <laughs> so like seriously, <laughs> get a life. Anyway, go on, graduate, move, go, go, go. Please, go go attack the world. So, you know, you had your four years. Right. Life isn't fair. So, anyway. So, uh, we're t- what are we talking about tonight, Chris? Uh, camps. It seems kind of fitting since it uh, seems like that's what you're doing nowadays is trying to get camps set up here. Yeah, man, I'm. Uh, we are uh, rocking and rolling on our uh, on our camps. Uh, step to the ball soccer training. Uh, in case you haven't listened to um, last week's episode um, about scheduling, uh, I've made the announcement, or I was able to make the announcement that I've got two camps booked for this summer already. Both of them are in June, June fifteenth and sixteenth at the uh, Boys and Girl, Girls Club of Shawnee, and then I'm going out to Henry County. June 1st through the 3rd um, to do a youth camp for their soccer association. So I'm really, really excited about these two opportunities. Uh, It's going to be fantastic. Um, And I'm hoping that I'm able to finalize one more camp this week. I'm crossing my fingers. Uh, Something's coming down. Something's coming down the pipe. Uh, Crossing my fingers that we can uh, come up, uh, come to an agreement this week. So um, stay tuned for that. So where is Henry County? That's not near Henry Clay, is it? Oh, no, no, no. Henry Clay's in Lexington. Uh, Henry County is uh, off I-71 um, uh, as you're going up to Cincinnati. Oh, a bit, so, a bit farther than Lexington. Uh, no, it's closer than Lexington, I'd say. Um, it takes – my sister lives out there. Uh, it normally takes us 30 to 40 minutes to get out there. Um, it's not, It won't be a bad drive, so – I won't mind it, um, and I'm I'm really excited about this opportunity. They've got a soccer field, uh, soccer complex field, whatever you call it, out there that we'll have we'll have a lot of we'll have a lot to work with. So, um, and hopefully we can get that 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 association. Um, hopefully we can get them moving in the right direction, and you know start developing some players. Right. Okay. Well, let's get into the you know discussion here. So just you know start off with what you consider. I guess the important elements or values of camps and, you know, camps you went to and what you enjoyed about them. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, benefits from going to a camp to me from the coaching side. I want my players. Now there are a lot of coaches that fall into this trap, right? I want my players to hear other voices than my own. Right. Uh, you know, I won't be modest enough. I, you know, I, I hope I'm the reason that my kids, my players love soccer. I hope I'm part of that, a big part of that reason. But at the same time, I don't want to be their only voice. I want them to go to camps. And that's what I want to offer with step to the ball soccer training. You know, I want to come and do a camp. And if you've got a, you know, coach, if you've got a kid that is just, he won't listen, he or she won't listen to you. They think they've, you know, they don't need to develop their left foot. They think they don't need to learn how to win the ball in the air, um, whatever. Um, you know, 
camps yeah. offer, you know, those kids might hear it from a second and third voice. And all of a sudden, coach is right. So um, that's what a camp can offer. From a player's perspective, it offers – a lot of them offer exposure and experience. Chris, you'd have – you have uh, – you can't underestimate, you know, if a player is going through a camp, even it's starting at like age five or six, they go to that camp every year. They are on that soccer program's radar in terms of recruiting when the time comes. They really are. So – I'm not saying they're recruiting kids. I'm not saying if you send your kid to a, a your six year old to a youth camp, they're being recruited. That's not what I'm saying. As you go, you know, if they're there ten years in a row, they're on that. They should be on that radar, assuming they're good enough as well. Um, camps, you know, are a great way for uh, players to experience, you know, ex- have new experiences with soccer. Um, the first time, uh, the first soccer camp I went to. Was at St. X, no joke. Uh, Andy Shulton was running it. And if he listens to this, he he he, he won't remember me. But this was in the summer of 1997, uh, and I think at that time Coach Shulton was a was an assistant. I could yeah. be wrong. Um, summer of 1997, I went to this camp. Um, when you go to these camps, if it's a good experience for you, that builds your confidence, right? So here are kids at this, uh, you know. At, at, I, I didn't have access to club soccer growing up, right? It was strictly grassroots, youth league, YMCA, you know. Um, hey, guys, we're canceling if it sprinkles type, you know, type league. And um, um, so we go out there. I go up there to this camp you know, here in Louisville at, at St. X. And so there are all these serious soccer players all around me, right? They all knew each other. I didn't know anybody. Um, these are all kids that played club ball. And at that time you would have had mockingbird, um, who would have been the clubs in the late nineties, mockingbird, maybe I think probably yeah. United, Javanon. um, was... Javanon at that point in time. Yeah. So these kids, you know, they had, you know, I'm showing up in my YMCA soccer shirt that says screaming demons on the back or avalanche on the back. And these kids are showing up with their, you know, tournament shirts, tournaments in Nashville, Chicago, Kansas City, I mean, Columbus, Cincinnati. And I'm just saying, you know, so it, it was a little intimidating. Um, but you know what? Hell no. And when we scrimmaged later on that week, you know, I scored I scored a goal. Uh, I scored a goal in the scrimmage. And um, that that keeper and a lot of those players that were at that camp that, that year that I felt like I played really well against – they were on state championship teams or state finalist teams at St. X for, you know, all through, you know, these are all kids my age, all through high school, right? So, um, you know, when I'd read the newspaper or I'd see, you know, uh, who's scoring for scoring the goals for St. X, I'd recognize a name that I went to camp with. And I'm like, I did pretty well against that kid. So it was always it was something I could always point back to and say, I did well against those kids. Um, and, um, so it was always a confident, you know, it always, it was always another, um, a lifeline in terms of, of having confidence and everything. So, um, you know, if you want to be a serious soccer player, you got to put yourself around other serious soccer players, in my opinion. For sure. So that's what camps offer. Okay. Um, you know, you mentioned the St. X one, but just, is there any others that stand out or, um, uh... 
Sanex stands out. Yeah, Sanex stands out because it was I was again it was the first time I was ever around like serious soccer players, like kids that were sixth graders and knew they wanted to play in college, right? Um, there weren't a lot of individuals like that, you know, um, when I was growing up. I mean, everybody was pretty set. And again, wasn't a lot of so- access to rural, uh, to soccer in rural areas. Again, one of my co- one of my missions was step to the ball, right? Um, my freshman year, high freshman sophomore junior year of high school, I went to uh, Center College's camp. They've got a great high school team camp, um, and I went to that with my high school team for the first three years of high school. Had a blast. Um, well, I say I had a blast. Um, yeah, we had fun. <laughs> but um, at the same time, it was – man, that was a rude awakening because we were exhausted. I mean, I, I was – when I came that first year, I was exhausted, right? The dorms didn't have air conditioning. It was a very – summer of 1999 was so hot and so dusty, right? It was just uh, – it was it was cool to stay in the dorms, Um but it was just so hot and so dusty. Um, it, you know, it's also well, here's another benefit of going to a camp. If it's out of college, it's an opportunity for you to, you know, live the life of a college student for a week. And I got to do that. And you know, the cafeteria food at at Center College, it's pretty freaking good. Um, so that was awesome. Um, uh, just trying to see what else was going on. This was right after. This was the week after the women's team won the World Cup in '99. Um, so the camp was buzzing, talking about that all the time. If it wasn't that, we were talking about the new, this new movie called American Pie. That was supposedly pretty funny. Uh, so, uh, it was, you know, so going to center's camp was, a uh, was a big deal. And it was, that one was a little humbling actually. Um, got my, went and got my butt kicked. Um, and maybe I needed to, uh, I was an incoming freshman. Um, you know, I had pretty, high expectations for what I was going to try to accomplish as a, as a high school player. And, um, that camp that week with players that were serious and bigger and faster were, and that camp that week told me, hold your horses there, kiddo, (laughs) pump the brakes. So, um, it was, it was, um, it was tough. Um, but it was, nonetheless, it was a great experience. So, But, yep. you know, I, this I didn't have down on our document here, but I'm just thinking, you know, not everybody can afford what? a camp. So, you know, kind of talk about maybe, I guess I don't know how to word this, the, the barriers that might come with a camp for, you know, let's say someone on your Fairdale team or something like that. And just, mm-hmm. you know, maybe suggestions on other ways to be seen. Uh, not their camp. Sure. And what can the camps do to accommodate those, you know, those players? Some camps will, some camps, camps will, now colleges have to be careful because that could be considered improper, that could be considered improper benefits, right? Um, okay, so colleges have to be careful. So a lot of schools, um, but what, here's what, one thing that is kind of cool that now the rules may have changed, but at one time, if I wanted to send my goalie to the goalkeeper camp at center, right, which they've got an excellent goalkeeper camp. If I wanted to send them to keeper camp at center, uh, I could pay, you know, money can come out of the booster club account to send them at one time. We were able to do that. I don't know if that's still the case or not, but um, that was always helpful. We had a, we had a boy go to center's camp. I've had two go, two goalies go to center's camp. Uh, I'm pretty sure Clayton went one year. Um, He'd have to verify that. 
Um, I'm pretty sure he did. And then uh, we had a um, uh, when I was at Franklin Simpson my last year, uh, the seniors, uh, the juniors and seniors went uh, to center's camp. So usually it's booster clubs paying, uh, cutting a check for kids to be able to go, especially to the high school team camps. Um, you know, that's just, uh, um, you know, there, there are barriers. You're right, Chris. I think center's camp when I went, I think it was $500 and, um, you know, I was very fortunate to have, I'm pretty sure my dad paid for it, but mom may have paid one year. Um, so I was very fortunate. Um, I think say Nexus camp, looking back, I think it was 50 bucks. My aunt and uncle paid for me to go. Um, so, um, so yeah, there are barriers. And again, going back to step to the ball, you know, I I want to make them affordable. When I've sent out emails to all the coaches the last couple of weeks around the state, I've made sure to put these. I want to offer an affordable camp for your team. I'm not going to be that guy that comes in now. If you have 40 to 50 players, and you know you have me there for five days, yeah, it's a thousand dollars. But divide that up. How much is that per player? I don't know if you can do math real quick or not, Chris, but it's not much. That's not much right there as far as I know, right? So I think that um, – um, I think it's just all you got. Yeah, you got to offer – you got to something – again, there all these ex- all these camps are so expensive. What I'm doing with Step to the Ball is I'm kind of going working around that and saying, hey, you know, this camp's charging you 500 bucks for your team. Why don't you let me come for three days and I'll charge you, you know – I think I can't remember what the number is right now, but it's cheaper. Right. So, um, so anyway, I mean, so center, so yeah, St. X and center, um, you know, St. X's was affordable, um, center 500 bucks for per player. That was, it's, it's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. If it's still going when Luke is old enough to play and Ava, when they're old enough to play, they're going because it's absolutely worth it. It's a great experience. Um, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt either. That center's got an excellent campus, um, but um, yeah, there are definite barriers. Um, so I fully expect to have to pay for at least one kid to go at some point down the road. That's not my own, and I'll do it because it's worth it. Okay, so I mean, would you say that? Let me see how I can word this. Uh, would would camps be like necessary? Would you think that or? I think if you're a serious player, and number one, if you want to play in college, then you need to. Then it's in your best interest to go to these camps and get noticed by coaches. Because here's what's cool about the camps: they've got coaches come that come from all over. Like at Center's Camp right now, uh, Coach Boyer uh, uh, is on the staff at Center's Camp, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so a lot of the coaches around the state go to these things, and they spot talent. So it's, a, again, experience and exposure. If you're a serious player and you want to go play in college, you got to go to one of these camps. Right. Um, there's, you're going to, I know, I mean, I, I feel like that's a great way for coaches to recognize you, spot you out and say, hey, I'm going to get in touch with that kid after their season's over or during their season. Um, that's why you go. Um, so I think it's not a deal breaker. Uh, by any means, but it helps. It certainly helps. Okay. Um, so what what do you look out you know for? What do you look uh, out of them as a coach? That question is uh, weird. 
That's okay. So what do I look for for uh, them out of uh, out of the camp for coaches? Um, well, I, I I want my kids. I want my team. If I got a team going, I want them to have opportunities to develop chemistry. I want them to develop opportunities to. Um, I want them to have opportunities to play together. So hopefully, you know, if you have teams going up against someone, like when I went to center's camp, we would play, I know one year we played Boyle, we played Boyle County. We played, um, uh, central Harden. We played a lot of other teams at camp. Um, and, um, played Marion County, I think, um, I'd have to go back and look and see who else, I think about who else we played. But it, again, it was an opportunity for your team to begin working together um and chemistry um obviously you want some technical training you want you, you kind of want them to have all you kind of want that camp if it's your team that's going to have a head start on what's going you know have a head start on the season you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. and then if you've got an individual player going like if i sent luke or ava to a camp um i want them to have opportunities to make new friends um, I want them to get back in the car and talk about how fun it was all the way home. Uh, but from a soccer perspective, I want them to talk about, um, you know, the technical skills that they learned and all the different drills that they learned that, that, that they can do in the backyard. And again, that's what I'm trying to do a step to the ball soccer training. So when I go to this camp at Shawnee and Henry or Henry County this summer, I'm going to give these kids opportunities to do exercises that they could take home and do in their backyard for an hour every night. And um, so that's what I think. And then, yeah, you know, as my kids get older, as a player gets older, um, yeah, I want, I want the, you know, one of the questions I'm going to ask the camp director, whoever's running it, are you going to have college coaches there? And if they say, yeah, I would say to me at that point, it'll be to me at that point, it'll be worth me paying the money necessary to send them. Right. Okay. So, you know, here's another good discussion, you know, kind of go over maybe obviously expectations for, I don't know, a four to eight year old mm-hmm. youth camp compared to a you know, college ID camp or Ooh. anything like that. Uh, just, you know, kind of explain what should, what should we gain out of the four to eight year old camp and, and uh, what you should get out of the, you know, high school ID camp because, you know, I think a lot of times parents have just crazy expectations, you know, home, oh, look at my, look at what my player can do at you know, six years old. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your daughter's not going to go to camp and then turn around and come out Alex Morgan. It's not going to happen. Um, now, uh, but okay. So four to eight year olds, Chris, I think you just want them to have fun. I think you want them to love soccer. I think you want that right. to be, and experience that makes them love soccer forever and want to keep playing, right? Um, four to eight-year-olds are developing players, so there's probably going to be a lot of technical work, uh, a lot of ball mastery stuff, a lot of stuff to get there to train their brain to be a soccer player. I know that sounds crazy. Nobody really talks about that. Uh, but, yeah, you would definitely have to train a kid's brain. Uh, you got to d- turn it into a soccer brain, and a soccer brain is one that just never stops churning, right? Um yeah, that's probably what's wrong with me is that my my brain just never stops moving. That's why I can't sleep at night. That's why I can't sit still. <laughs> it all makes sense. Um, so for me, Chris, it's all about um, 
for the four and eight year olds, it's all about ball mastery. It's all about develop, you know, giving them an opportunity to fall in love with soccer. Um, whereas older kids, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, right around middle school or high school, certainly in high school. Um, it's all about, uh, I think to me, it's all about challenging them, you know, uh, taking them out of their comfort zone and forcing them to develop a little bit more. Um, you know, uh, I, again, with I feel like in middle, by the time kids get to middle school, it's definitely time to start challenging them and, uh, you know, taking them out of their comfort zone and telling them, hey, you got to develop your left foot before you, t- before you get, get into eighth grade. You've got to develop. And that's, I know that sounds like pressure packed and everything, um, but you got to put the bug in the kid's ear because guess what? They're going to hear that from their high school coach. If they don't make a high school team, that could be part of the reason why. You know, so, um, you know, here's the other thing, too. I don't think I'm a college, right? And I go to one of these camps, see a kid that's a sophomore talking to that kid, or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put them in a uh, put any pressure on them, start talking to them, I'm, I'm, but I'm going to have my eye on them, right? And then when they go back, back the next year, if they haven't improved, it's probably time to start looking at another. See what I'm saying? Right. So, um, of course, in my role as well, you know, if you're working in camp, I like what I say. Uh, keep working at it, and uh, we'll chat next year. That's another thing that you can have at a camp. So, um, but that's for the older kids as well. So, older kids, challenge. Younger kids, make them fall in love with the game. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's get over to the, you know, the running camps, uh, all that stuff. So, you know, you've run, or obviously in this past summer, you, I, I guess you didn't really do camps this summer, did you? Do you have like small group training? Just that small, small training. Uh, that was it. Okay. So that wouldn't, okay. So yeah, I know you've done the, the Fairdale camp. So, yes. you know, kind of touch on, you know, how to run a camp and things that you should do and things you shouldn't do. Well, first of all, I don't think you could ever – Fairdale, is, it's a smaller community, right? So you're competing um, other next year pull away from them, right? I think, um, you know, basketball, Fairdale was always the week after school got out, right, as far to my knowledge. Um, and then you'd have other, other teams were doing camps and everything. I think we did it – or third week. I think it was always the second week after school got out that we did ours. Um, never, ever advertise too early for a camp, right? Uh, we usually started advertising right around March um, once we had the class and everything. Um, so, the, you know, start advertising. And announce a date and all that stuff. And then at that point, you got to get your brochure paid. Out to, you know, we took, I drove around the south end of Louisville so many times. And I had friends in admin classes and everything. And I gave them copies of the brochures to hand out to all their elementary school kids throughout the, the district. So uh, the first year was probably the most successful one um, because the weather cooperated. Uh, we were able to, um, um, we were able to get the word out about the camp pretty much by Derby. We were, we were in a good spot by Derby. 
uh, with our camp in 2018. Uh, and then that last month was left for me to just start planning. Right. And then when basketball camp was going on, you know, the week after school got out, guess what I was doing? Still handing out brochures. You know, at that point you're just trying to get icing on top of the cake. And again, uh, I think we were at the first year, I think we were at between 50 and 60 kids. Um, the year after that, where we had to go inside in the gym, uh, we were between 40 and 50. So not bad numbers. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you want to, um, uh, nonetheless, you know, we had a crowd, not bad numbers, but we still had a crowd. Um, and you got to have help. You got to book your help. That's why you don't, that's why if I run in a camp this summer, uh, I'm not going longer than three days because you go five days in a row. It's really, really hard to peg people down to come and volunteer, right? Uh, and help out. Uh, also, you know, in the summertime, you have a camp that, you know, starts on a Monday or it ends on a Friday. Um, you're spilling into people's vacation time. A lot of people will take off on Friday and go on vacation. You'll hear that excuse a lot. If you go Monday through Friday, you'll hear people say, well, we can't come. We're not coming back from vacation until Monday or we're leaving for, for the lake on Friday that year or that week. So that's why I'm so in love with Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So that's a big part of it. And then, again, got to make it affordable. Got to make it affordable. So um, and uh, once you do that, you can um, – you know, you can attract people. We did something cool. I think it was the second year. Uh, we got some we got some brochures translated into Spanish and handed them out places, had them posted up places so that people that weren't able to speak English um, would see it and come to the camp. And guess what? We had Hispanic kids that couldn't speak English come to the camp. So, wow. it, um, yeah, it worked out. <clears throat> and then after that, man, there's just, you got to, you know, you got to, you got to rely on the un, uh, on the uncontrollables. So the weather. Now in 2018, the weather was great. It was really hot. It got really hot that week or in the morning, but it was at least sunshine. Whereas in 2019, it rained all week long. So we had to go inside. Um, we had to go inside into the gym and do camp, and you know, not as great of an experience because we were pretty limited in what we did and what we could do. But we the kids still had fun. So that's I guess that's all that matters. So, right. yeah, it was a good time. So, did, did, uh, did they stay overnight or anything? I assume. Oh, oh, good question. No, no. Uh, when you usually when you do a camp, you run it for you know. I'll go two hours. Okay. So, I'll go two hours. And here's the reality of it, Chris. Parents will pay you twenty five dollars, fifty dollars to take their two kids and do a camp. You know, three days out of the week, they really will do it. You know, and here's the other thing too about it. This is why I liked having that second or third week after school got out to do my camp. You know why? Because by the middle of June, parents are already sick and tired of their kids and they already need them out of the house. So, whereas to me, if you do, you know, if you do a camp the week after school gets out, might hurt your numbers because parents are, you know, let's take the kids on vacation. I, you know, let's, let's have some time with them and everything. Whereas by that third week, Dad's ready to kick, you know, dad's ready to kick the kids out the back door. So I really feel like we benefited from that third week of June having our camp in 2018 and 19. I really feel that way. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, 
Oh, one more here. Uh, one more question here. Um, you know, you, you've talked about it already, but what are some other things you might be offering with the uh, training of yours? Um, well, first of all, affordability. Um, we are, if I've got older kids, um, if I've got older kids, I'm going to try and get them on video and start showing some high school and college coaches in the area. Um, if, um, what else, what else? Um, we're going to offer ball mastery training again, exercises that, you know, I want a parent's soccer. I want this camp to, you know, if a parent pays for the, the $25 for their kid to go to camp, it kind of pays for itself. I want these kids to be able to take these exercises and go back home with them, take them to the park. And if you never see me again, great. As long as I know that you're doing these exercises on your own time and developing your game with them. And uh, so that's what I'm offering. I mean, it really is. Um, and, you know, again, it's an opera. We'll do team building things. We'll do, uh, we'll give kids a chance to make friends. Um, you know, let's send some kids home with some confidence in something, you know, I mean, again, you know, out at Henry County, uh, you know, wonderful group of folks. Um, but a lot of these soccer, a lot of these communities are cash strapped, man. They can't pay the fees to go to this tournament or that. So their kids don't get a lot of experiences that other kids do. And so what I want to offer, I want my camp to offer those kind of experiences. So, most likely on the last day of the camp, kids are going to do uh, some kind of 3v3 or 4v4 tournament, and it's going to be a blast. So, um, so, and we've been, I'll tell you what, too, in 2018, we, in 18, we had the Men's World Cup going on uh, with the Fairdale camp, so that was fun. And then in 2019, we had the Women's World Cup going on with the Fairdale camp. And so you can use those games as reference points for uh, – you know, to teach it. And one, one thing that I did in, at least in 2018 was I, you know, I handed out, I handed out flyers, you know, just soccer specific flyers to the parents when they got there showing them, Hey, um, this is, you know, um, uh, this is the channel the games are on the world cup games. Um, here's a list of others, of other soccer camps in the city to go to, um, you know, Here's Louisville City's website in case you want to buy tickets to go to a game. Here's U of L's website, Spalding's, Bellerman's, um, and you know, let's give let's give these communities an opportunity to become familiar with the soccer scene. Again, just not enough access and exposure to soccer, and that's what I'm hoping Step to the Ball brings. No, there you go. That's awesome. Felt like I rambled there. Forgive me if I did. <laughs> no, it was perfect. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask. Uh, forgot to now did any of your players come out to those camps to help out or participate uh if any of them are listening guess what they're coming out <laughs> any of my old players especially <laughs> the fairdale kids um yeah you're gonna be getting a phone call or text from me here pretty soon because <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm gonna need help at it i'm gonna need help over at shawnee for sure um i'm gonna have somewhere around 50 kids for that and i have no idea how many i'm gonna have out in henry county but i know it's gonna be a lot so, yeah, if you're one of my players and you're listening, uh, check your phone here in the next few few weeks. You're going to be getting a text from me saying, hey, remember that time I gave you a ride home at like 11 o'clock at night and got lost over in the Shawnee neighborhood? <laughs> yeah, let's go. You're coming. You're, you're going out to Henry County with me. So time, it's time to pay the Pied Piper, boys. <laughs> so time to pay it forward. 
So oh, I love it. That's great. <laughs> yep. The bill has come in. <laughs> so anyway, no, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, ah, it's going to be a blast. And what, what I love about these, again, you know, uh, what I love about, you know, Boys and Girls Club, uh, they're looking to give their kids something to do. I, it's a win-win there because I told the director, like, look, I'm trying to expose, I'm trying to give these kids some exposure to soccer, some access to it. And, um, you know, and I'm I, honestly, as, as a coach at Mockingbird, you know, a little bit on Mockingbird behalf, Mockingbird's behalf too, trying to spot some talent. Because, again, we've got so many unturned stones in this city and state to find talent over stones this summer. So I'm going to do that at, at the, at, over at Shawnee. And then I'm going to go out to Henry County and do the same thing. And let's see what talent's out there. Let's, let's get these kids an opportunity to, to showcase what they got. Um, so, um, yeah, it, uh, you know, both of these, both these organizations that I'm going to be working with, they're eager to give their kids an opportunity to, to get better. And, uh, that's what I'm most excited about. We're six months, five or six months out. I got time to plan too. So, um, look out, I'm going to totally overthink this thing. And it's, right. <laughs> so well, I was anyway, thinking, no. they don't even have soccer. So I, I this is something. Probably new that area, Shawnee right. High School. And, uh, yeah, and we need to get. And I tell you, Central's boys teams credit. I haven't talked to the girls coach yet, um, but the boys coach, uh, he's all in and coming and having his players come help me at the Shawnee camp. So uh, props to them for getting out in the community and and uh, trying to uh, give those kids some soccer exposure as well. So I'm I'm really excited about this is. Uh, we're five months out. Uh, we need everything to – we need numbers to keep going down <laughs> so that uh, people feel safe to do these things again because I think what, I think we're on to something here uh, with what I'm trying to offer with Step to the Ball. So Definitely. it's going to be a blast. So, <laughs> yep, that's okay. it. Yeah, that's end of our discussion there. Uh, is there any other noteworthy news or anything – None that I can think of. I know Kentucky lost again tonight. Um, Point. You know, Matt so. Jones tweeted something kind of irritated me. Uh, say it ain't. Say it ain't so. Hey, Chris, you can go after him. Sick him. <laughs> something Sick him. I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something like, "Oh, I wish it wasn't bad luck," or anything like that. Okay, they're five and thirteen. I don't think you can use the the bad luck. Uh, Example in there for Kentucky. I mean, right. So, so I was following the game on Twitter tonight, right? Um, when I stepped out to go to go to Kroger real quick, I listened to it on the radio for about five minutes. So I was following the game on Twitter, and at one point, um, had a they uh, they tipped in the pass, tipped in a ball, and. Uh, the referee called a foul, and so Kentucky's bench won and won, and the referees didn't give them the call, didn't give them the bucket. And hmm. so there was that, and then when I was listening to it on the radio on the way home, um, they were trying to take it down and score the game-winning basket and turn the ball over. Matt Jones calls that bad luck, right? Of course, he would never give Louisville such 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 grace. Uh, in fact... <laughs> In fact, he, he, you know, he swam in our crap willingly for the last four years. You know, Chris, you can say whatever you want for all I care, right? 
Yeah, However, I would like to read his book that he wrote, though. Uh, Mitch McConnell. I think that'd be an interesting read. If he knows anything. You knock yourself out. I, I, I'm not... Matt, 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 I'm not reading Matt Jones's book. He doesn't have to read mine either. And um, <laughs> I don't want to. Here's the thing, right? Bad things happen to bad teams. Okay? So Kentucky not getting that in one basket. It was probably a bad call. From the, from the video I saw, I thought it was a bad call. They should have gotten the basket. And then they turned the ball over on the la- on when they tried to go down uh, and score the game-winning basket. Bad things happen to bad teams. That's why you have bad luck, Matt Jones. That's why I can tell you. I've said that about Louisville. I said it about Louisville football last year. Everybody's like, well, we keep fumbling. Why we can't get, can't get calls go our way? Bad things happen to bad teams. You know, I've said it about Louisville basketball in the past. Then Adele turns the ball over with a minute to go every game when he was here. Bad things happen to bad teams. And right. uh, I've told my high school kids that, like, guys, we can't be a bad team because that's when the bad things happen. You know, sure. that's what I told my kids at Fairdale, you know, especially the last two years. Guys, we can't be a bad team because that's when the bad things happen to us. So, right. um, there you go. So, yeah. that's that's yeah. just it. You see Raw last night? No, nah, I didn't watch Raw last night. Yeah, you didn't miss much. Uh, the Chamber's next Sunday, and they're just now starting to, to build for it. I, I don't understand what their obsession is with three pay-per-views before Mania. The Chamber's fine, but they'll have Fastlane after that. And then they'll have Mania in April. You don't need that many pay-per-views leading up to it. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's kind of like school going back. That's two mysteries right now going on in the world. School, School's reopening, and what in the world's going to happen on Monday Night Raw? So, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a clue, and I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not that. I'm not that worried about it. So, no, I'm not um, I might just as a fan, though. It's, it's just something. <laughs> right, right. Well, all right. Um, I guess everybody stay warm. Uh, Try. Uh, doesn't sound like we're going to get the ice now, but I'm hearing so many different reports. Yeah, um, don't listen to me. Listen to Mark Weinberg and whoever uh, or Jay. What does Jay say uh, from? WLKY, right? Man, I've never man, I've never heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. So, the next time somebody says that to me, what's Jay say? I'm going to give them that like real annoyed, like that. There's an internet meme of a kid saying a bad joke, and they got the. I'm just going to give them that look. Is, is he even still a weatherman? I haven't heard from him. In quite I, I think, I think he is. Huh, I haven't so, seen him in a while. I think he is. So, anyway. All right, Chris. Great job tonight. That was a fun show to do. Um, and uh, I think, I'm. Hey, you know, next week uh, we're giving you the week off, aren't we? Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. First time. Well, hopefully hopefully you're not having to retake a test. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that will be an option. So, <laughs> on that note, you need to go study. And I'm going to go ahead and log off. And that is step to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Good luck. <laughs>